This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Ask a community organizer what the words health and safety mean, and you'll find out it's a complicated issue. People need access to nutritious food, guidance, stable housing, and health care that affirms their identities and cultures. The Inner City Muslim Action Network, or Iman, does all of that and more right here in Chicago and in Atlanta. Among its initiatives on Chicago's southwest side are a health center, a grocery store, a re-entry program for formerly incarcerated people, and a variety of cultural events. And that is just the tip of the iceberg. Iman has been operating for 25 years and it's celebrating that milestone this weekend. So joining me now here in studio is Rami Nashashibi, Iman's founder and executive director. And also with us is Alia Bilal, who is the deputy executive director. Welcome to Reset, both of you, and congratulations on 25 years. Yeah, thank you so much. Rami, why don't you take us back a quarter century ago? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did the idea for Iman come about? You know, Iman in many ways was one of those uh, ideas whose time had come. It was an organization that really first and foremost emerged out of the really diverse American Muslim experience across the South Side. It was mm-hmm. an organization bringing together uh, an eclectic group of um, American Muslims, many who came out of the larger black American Muslim experience on the South Side. Others like, you know, uh, my grandfather uh, who are immigrants and their my mother and uh, children of immigrants growing up in and around similar neighborhoods on the South and Southwest sides. Um, also bringing together, you know, lots of our community that had grown up across the larger Chicagoland area that believed that there could be an organization that was reflective of our principles, our ideals, our fight for social justice, a reflection for what our communities could look like. And, mm-hmm. and the realization that together, working with our neighbors across faith and ethnic and racial lines, that we could, you know, really confront some of the challenges and meet opportunities in the inner cities in ways that could yield some really powerful results. Iman's uh, values also include connecting people across economic groups uh, and across generations, right? Can you maybe tell us a story or two that come to mind about some of those connections? Yeah, you know, we talk about connecting the disconnected and, and realizing that that's not just part of a, a value and a principle, although it is. It's also a way, as organizers, we build power. You know, it's the way we build coalitions and alliances to confront many of the common issues that often pit our communities together. Um, our first, you know, in many ways, coming out event was called Taking It to the Streets. It was a festival that we did every other year, but much more than a festival in Marquette Park, in the same park that King was stoned in in 1966, a park that had become a symbol of the very kind of, you know, redlining and restricted covenants and racial division on the mm-hmm. South Side. Um, by the 90s, when we were organizing, it had become probably one of the most diverse parks on the South Side of Chicago, black, Latino, Arab, Lithuanian yeah. families. And it became a really powerful symbol for us to bring communities that had so much in common with one another that were ready to connect, but really were very, very isolated from one another. And I'll never forget that moment in 97, our first taking it to the streets, uh, where we're bringing together communities from across the Chicagoland area with communities on the south and southeast sides. And it was a really powerful realization. It only was 1,000 people, but it felt like 100,000. Wow. We, ra- we raised $40,000. It felt like a million dollars. And it was just this kind of realization that everyone had as they walked around in that park that something historical was being, you know, unfolding that was rooted in a really strong sense. I love how vividly it's still in your mind. And that was absolutely. 1997, yep, right? Absolutely. My kids would think that was eons ago. 
Mine too. <laughs> right. Uh, Alia, a few months ago here on Reset, we talked with Sana Sayed from Iman uh, about Go Green Community Fresh Market. What have you heard from the community about that so far? Yeah, well, we, we've heard, you know, first and foremost, just an outpouring of love, of support. Mm-hmm. Um, people have been anticipating this for a long time. I know, you know, people like me um, for whom the issue of just being able to have access to fresh, affordable foods in our neighborhood without having to leave our neighborhood was something that was was on our minds. Um, you know, this uh, initiative was something that was really 25 years in the making. It was something that uh, was built upon years and years of, you know, community surveys and canvassing and community members, leaders really working on our corner store campaign, telling us that they want more and they want better. And so to finally be able to realize that in March of this year, um, was really, really profound. Yeah. Another of your initiatives is the health center, right? What are the unique health needs, you would say, of the communities that you serve? Yeah. Well, I, I would say that they're probably not so unique. Um, the health needs that people have in our community are um, similar to the health needs of people in low-income communities of color across the country, across the city, certainly on um, the south and west sides. People are facing... Um, you know, health issues that have to do with uh, the environment that they are in, the, of the systemic, you know, uh, poverty and the ways that injustice uh, creates need in a community. So they're facing everything from hypertension and diabetes and, um, you know, preventable uh, diseases, preventable illnesses. And that's really why the kind of holistic model that Iman has been trying to build has tried to address things in a really holistic way, has mm-hmm. tried to address things from the standpoint of not just, um, you know, sticking something in your arm, not just um, what you are, you know, um, uh, you know, the, the medicine that you get at the pharmacy, but what do you put into your body to begin with? What are you breathing uh, around you? What are you what are you experiencing in and around your home? So important. Mm-hmm. Rami, I want to talk about your green reentry program for a bit. So this is this is for formerly incarcerated people or people at risk of incarceration. Yeah. Part of that program is a house for young men. It's named after Stephen Ward. Yeah. What's his story? You know, Stephen, God rest his soul, um, was, you know, uh, in so many ways, the type of story you don't get a chance to celebrate. And it was critical for us to celebrate because, um, you know, a young brother from the south, from the west side, who was part of our program, who had been caught up in the cycle of violence, who in many ways was a victim of, you know, the, you know, criminal disinvestment of capital resources in our community, abandonment, and was left to kind of fend for himself like many young black and brown, um, you know, uh, members of our communities that are growing up. Um, But in many ways, Stephen defied, like so many of our participants, the kind of 30-second stereotype. He was struggling to get in this program. He was struggling to be part of this program. Uh, We, at any given moment, may have 120 people trying to get into this program, and we just simply don't have enough beds. We don't have enough slots. We don't have enough spaces. But I always talk to the young brothers particularly and also some of the men who are coming home from long prison sentences that, you know, the fact that they want this as much as they do. And Stephen was one of those. He wanted it. He not only showed up every day in spite of being, you know, going through so much trauma, he was thriving in the program. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell us more about what happens in the program. Well, the program, you know, provides everything from, you know, cognitive behavior training and therapy to 
uh, full wraparound services, but lots of focus on the trades, training particularly around carpentry, HVAC, electric trades. Um, we have now a really dynamic partnership with the city colleges, so they get actual certification and degrees uh, from the city colleges and oh, okay. one part of the program. Uh, and then we take, you know, oftentimes we take vacant, uh, abandoned homes on concentrated blocks uh, on the neighborhood, and then they focus on rehabilitating those spaces. Those spaces then become housing. They become for that same population, I either see. group homes, either apartments, or in some cases, first-time homes. It really does for, come full circle. It does come full circle, and it, be, and it provides a really profound neighborhood stabilization process. So Stephen was in one of those programs and very close towards the end of the program was tragically shot and killed. Mm. Um, we, and that next day, his life was summarized like many, unfortunately, that are in a situation in a very, you know, 10-second soundbite, another young boy shot and killed on the west side of Chicago. The participants in the program were determined that Stephen's life would be remembered in a much more dynamic way. And so they named the home that they were working on with Stephen as the Stephen Ward Center. And on on the front facade of that home, in fact, is the handprint of Stephen alongside all of those oh, wow. carved in mosaic that was made in our ceramic studio that Stephen participated in. Wow. Alia, I want to shift and talk about Islamophobia, right? We can't ignore that. It's a concern Muslims everywhere in this country have to deal with. How does the issue of safety factor into your work? Sure, yeah. I think that's an interesting, it's a complex question. Um, And when it comes to, you know, anti-Muslim bigotry, Islamophobia, you know, I think one of the really powerful things about the experience that we've had at Iman has been that, um, of course, there have been people, individuals, and factions of our community that have faced that and continue to face that every day. Mm-hmm. But what we've seen um, in the last several years is a community that knows us. We've seen a community that um, that rises up and comes to our aid when they uh, believe that there may be a narrative out there that may harm the Muslim community. And that's because the Muslims in their neighborhood are the people that are delivering health care. The Muslims in their neighborhood are the people that are distributing food. And mm-hmm. so uh, locally, we haven't had to face as much of that um, because, Do you see yourselves as a bridge between Muslims and non-Muslims? Absolutely. And, you know, part of the, the connectivity that Rami, Rami was mentioning earlier, um, the fact that Iman has always been an organization that has connected people. It's always been this organization that's kind of um, seen itself on the on the kind of the the, the precipice of, um, you know, the, as a bridge between lots of different kinds of communities, both within the Muslim community and outside of the Muslim community. Um, we've been an institution that has taken it really, really seriously to make sure that people are, are connecting not just on the issues that we work with, but but connecting their own histories, their own narratives, their own stories to the work that we do in a real relevant way. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you guys are doing a lot. You're hosting a lot of cultural events, arts, music, dancing, all seems to be very important to your overall mission. Briefly, what is your hope for the future of Iman, Rami? You know, I think as uh, there's not a year uh, that goes by that we don't get profoundly serious, you know, inquiries about Iman's model outside of Chicago. As you know, as you mentioned, we now have a full-time chapter in Atlanta. Um, And so we, you know, we're proud of the fact that we've crafted a model that is definitely born out of the the crucible of all of Chicago and what Chicago has to offer, particularly the South Side, both its challenges and its many dynamic possibilities. I think the future, you know, in many ways, 
we still see ourselves as just scraping the surface of what mm-hmm. uh, an organization like Iman has to provide. We have extraordinary partners uh, in places like Inglewood, uh, where you talked about health, where you know we know unfortunately continues to have the largest health disparity in the country between Inglewood and a life to, you know expectancy yeah. gap between Inglewood so and Streeterville. So the work continues. The work continues, and I think in the next five to ten years, I I, I am more hopeful that ever you're going to see profound levels of transformation, not only in our neighborhoods, but in the model itself that we can lift across. And as you're celebrating this 25th anniversary, you've got a fundraising gala coming up this weekend. Real quick, before we go, tell us what folks need to know if they're coming out. Well, we're excited to see people who are coming out uh, at the Garrity. Uh, that is, uh, you know, a beautiful venue there on near the uh, intersection of Damon and 24th. Okay. Um, it's going to be a really powerful, really inspiring program. We've got people like uh, Congressman uh, Jesus uh, Garcia who are going to be there. We have uh, amazing uh, Iman roster artists like uh, Emmy, uh, Grammy-nominated uh, Amir Suleiman who are going to be, uh, uh, you know, doing their incredible poetry and and, uh, you know, people like Al-Tawam and, oh my and, goodness. and others. It's what time really does the fun program. begin? It starts at 6 p.m. 6 p.m. on Saturday. That's Alia Bilal and Rami Nashashibi. They are the executive director and deputy executive director of Iman, the Inner City Muslim Action Network. Thank you so much for making the time. Thank, Thank you, you so Sasha. much, Hassan.